And uh, Mayor Powdell, you've brought in uh, a couple of experts with you in the Northfield housing market. I love our community development department. Can I just say, and we have our our community development director and our housing coordinator here, and there's a whole team of people within that department that are moving and shaking and getting things done for the community, and they cover such a broad um, topic area, but everything kind of related to building anything that has to do with building, whether it's planning for it or actually implementing it. And uh, they do such an important work for us. But this is the housing component of that. And housing availability is one of the council's six strategic priorities. And everyone in Norfield is really passionate about housing. There are so many different opinions and perspectives out there on how we should go about it. And I think the council is really interested in a holistic plan for how do we solve for the issues that are unique to Norfield. And so I'm just really excited to have both Melissa and Jake in here with us to give us a little bit more perspective on things that they're working on. All right. And I'll interject if I need to. <laughs> We've got that? community development love today here on yes. KYMN Radio. <laughs> uh, Melissa Hansen is with us, who is the uh, housing coordinator for Northfield. And, of course, uh, Jake Riley is the uh, community development director. Uh, first of all, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Let's... Uh, I guess we'll start off by talking, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the mayor had meant, brought up a, a potential new development here in town that sounded kind of exciting, and I want to say it's manufactured or modular housing, and I'm not really sure what the term is. Uh, maybe one of you can kind of start off by, we'll, we'll start off with that topic and kind of move on. Well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, and thank you, Mayor, for those really thoughtful words. I can't imagine um, having a better job here <laughs> than in Northfield um, with the support of um, the elected officials and the community. Uh, and that's why community development is here. Um, and again, to the point of housing availability, um, there's a nationwide housing shortage. Uh, that's both for people living um, in this country now, living in this state now, living in this town Um but also those expected to come here. We have a wonderful quality of life in Minnesota, um, and that's never more apparent than when you're walking around downtown Northfield. Uh, So there's lots of ways to tackle that uh, availability question, um, and we're talking about what all those different ways could be here in Northfield and what matches up with the residents of Northfield's needs um, and uh, the different ways to approach that shortage as quickly as possible. so maybe, Melissa, you could talk about specifically what the differences are between um, how houses get built or homes get built uh, around the country. Well, <clears throat> thank you. Good morning, Jeff. Thank you Good for morning. having us. And Rhonda, thank you for those kind words. Um, yes, there are many different ways of um, housing. And one of the ways that we are looking to um, alleviate some of the affordability issues here in Northfield is by using manufactured and modular homes. Um, now, North Country Cooperative Foundation, they have proposed a cooperative neighborhood down in the Southbridge area, uh, down right off of um, uh, Ford Street and um, but it would be Aspen now, correct? Yep. Ford Street in Aspen, down in the uh, southeastern part of the city. Um, and manufactured and modular housing are homes that are made in a factory. It's 
they're still f- the same four walls. They're the same roof. Um, the 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 subfloor, the floors are the same, just like in any stick-built home. It's just how is it assembled on the property and how does it get there is really the big difference between a stick-built home and a, a modular or a manufactured home. Um, and one of those benefits of, of site, a factory-built home or a, over a site-built home is that you can build them year-round. Um, you can install them almost year-round. Um, and they can actually be um, a combination of manuf- sort of the manufactured concept um, is what people think of when you think of a single wide trailer or a double wide trailer. That's typically those things are synonymous. Um, then you have modular homes built in the same factories as the manufactured homes, but you can buy them in sort of components and stack them up and put them together in lots of different ways, kind of like Lego. Um, and then uh, they also do combination of those things to keep the affordability of the unit um, down, the home down. Um, you can also stack them up into lots of little boxes uh, to build hotels and um, multifamily structures too. And again, build year-round. Um, so it lowers the cost, um, and that's what makes them more affordable. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to look the way that I think about maybe my uh, my wife's grandparents' home, where they built on it over time, assembled it from lots of different things. Um, these are just, they just are like all the other homes, uh, just built in a different place. Um, but to housing availability, we also need available housing for all people who want to live here or who live here now. And so it's not about just building homes that are affordable, such as like at a $200,000 price point, right? But to anyone who wants to live here, um, or anyone who already does live here and is dissatisfied with their house, whether that's an apartment that they're not happy with anymore or a you know, home that's too big for their family now. Um, and there's been lots of documentation out there that suggests that housing supply, um, that supply and demand work. Uh, and in housing, you just, but supply is what you need to keep churning out, and we haven't. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, A shortage of, you know, our population isn't growing real fast. Uh, It is growing, but not real fast. You know, we're going to need to build some housing, but we haven't been able to keep up with that yet. Is this, you know, in Northfield, we've seen this, but as you'd mentioned, it kind of goes on around the country. We're not the only place around why can't we build houses faster? Does anybody know? I mean, and why can't we make them affordable? That's, an That's the million dollar question. Yeah. Yes. yes. There's a lot of factors that mm-hmm. play into that, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Excuse me. So I think the number one thing that won't change is labor oh. costs. People should be paid what they uh, ought to be paid to earn the work that they do and have that value, right? Um, then there's supply costs. And some of those things are changing um, to get back post-COVID supply chain issues. Um, But I think one of the more interesting things to think about in supply chain is uh, what are we building things out of and where are the resources coming from? So the more work um, that is done around sustainable building, something also really important um, to the city of Northfield, um, those things will help us bring down costs. We also need the innovation to happen to get those things invented, and lots of those resources are happening here um, in uh, in Minnesota also. So there's those the component of people resources, right? That's a cost, and it won't change, and it, it 
you don't start paying somebody twenty dollars an hour, and then all of a sudden next week say, "Sorry, we don't. We're going to pay you fifteen dollars an hour now, right?" Um, and then there's the where and the cost of land. And here in Northfield, folks have been extremely good stewards of the land, um, both the agricultural lands on the outskirts of town um, and the uh, land values here. And so when you have a high cost of land and a lovely place to live, that's a cost that's really hard to mm-hmm. fact, you know, to get at. So it's people want to live here. Housing costs go up because there's so much demand for folks living here. But then we get stuck where we end up in this cycle of too many people want to come back and have the means to live here and not enough people who live here now and are going to graduate from high school in May, for example, or June, um, want to stay. Uh, so that's that life cycle piece, too. One of the things that I really love about our community, and I just watched the HRA meeting uh, that happened, what was it, Monday? Gosh, it's only Wednesday. It feels like <laughs> forever ago. But we, all of the partners that are working on behalf of our community to deliver on different styles and different needs that are out there in the community. And the most, the one that, the, the ones that the community is most familiar with are Habitat for Humanity. Dana Norvold is leading that effort there. Uh, we have Three Rivers that has um, spearheaded the Spring Creek Townhomes 1 and 2. I think mm-hmm. it, there's just the two, hugely successful. And then we have a Community Action Center, which just did their first build in Hillcrest Village. So there's just been a lot of work done on that, on that front, ensuring that we've got quality housing here for people who need it. One of the, the aspects that's missing, and I would love to hear more about, is that uh, that missing, people call it the missing middle. Nobody builds small homes anymore. And it's primarily uh, apartments or townhomes or things of that nature. But the small, cute little ramblers with the one stall garage that you see in some parts of our neighborhood just aren't being built. And uh, I'm hoping that we as a community can really tackle that and look at how can we uh, move forward that style of housing to meet that need in the community. Uh, I know I'm not alone, but our first home, we had to work into it. And it was only because my family had the skill set, the carpentry experience, that we were able to rehab or, yeah, basically rehab a home so we could get into it. That's not always possible for everyone. So we need starter homes. We need workforce housing, people that are working normal everyday jobs to be able to get into a home and build some equity. And how we do that really matters to folks here and I think our community development department is really wrestling with that. Uh, one of the things that I ran into when I was uh, looking at this and thinking about this is that we don't really have a housing plan like we have an economic development plan. We have the 2006 TIP plan, uh, which is specific for economic development and how we're going to go about Uh, meeting the needs of our community for economic vitality. But we don't necessarily have that sort of uh, holistic uh, guide that is what everyone is working off from. We've got a strategic plan. We've got a comprehensive plan. We've had housing studies, but no formally adopted plan. And so I think that there are a lot of people doing really great work, 
but getting us all on the same page on how we're going to accomplish the needs of our community, that therein lies, I think, a really terrific opportunity for us. And um, how we move forward with that, my personal experience is that we need to stay aligned on, on what we're doing, and everybody needs to be in the loop on how we're moving forward. And so I'm just really excited the people are passionate about housing. Mm-hmm. Finding the right solutions for our community is not necessarily easy, especially if there's something new, uh, like factory-built homes. That's new. Um, and uh, whether or not we u- utilize all of those opportunities that are uh, being moved forward with the uh, manufactured homes, or no, not f- factory-built homes. Factory. Factory-built mm-hmm. homes or not. I think that still remains a question because you it's know, not that, something that we've really vetted thoroughly as a community or even as a council. I'm, I'm going to jump in here because I've got about 50 questions to, to ask. You You brought up some very good comments. Uh, and Northfield just started with... Uh, uh, and uh, working on their comprehensive plan again, um, and, uh, Jake. I know you're going to be uh, involved with that process. Are you? Are we looking at? Is housing going to be part of that? There's there hasn't been evidently in the past. We're going to make that part of uh, the comprehensive plan. Or Melissa, you look like you got something to say on that too. <laughs> yes, housing will most definitely be a part of the comp plan. Um, we have asked for um, Maxfield to update our housing study. We did have one done in 2020, and if we're all being honest with ourselves, 2020 and 2021 were a little wonky in all aspects of living. And so um, we've asked Maxfield to update the housing study that they did in 2018 for Rice County, but we're just asking them to update for Northfield. So those numbers will be really um, interesting as we move forward. Now, what kind of things will they be looking for? Uh, What kind of questions will they be asking and trying to find answers to? Um, Housing. (laughs) (laughs) Housing. Who has it? Um, What are they renting for? What are the amenities? I've really asked them to get down to the nitty gritty and also, who who are the landlords that currently accept um, housing assistance <clears throat> programs, however they come to folks, right? That's been a big struggle for um, many of our low-income families is that there aren't many landlords that are willing to accept a subsidy for, again, there are so many reasons as to why people say no. So we're trying to get to the nitty-gritty and then find out from that analysis what tools can we do then to incentivize landlords? And and I'm not talking about like with a stick, right? <laughs> no, we're, we're a community. Everybody everybody should be willingly um, participating in these types of programs, right? I don't want to be punitive. Nobody wants that. I think that that's part of the um, exciting um, work that we've been doing is that there are so many people who are interested in partnering um, and so many people who are interested in helping solve both the housing and supply problem, but also help us identify what those solutions are. Um, So to both your question and Melissa's answer about, yes, it will be in the comprehensive plan. um, I think what we're trying to do with the comprehensive planning effort is align um, the past work that was done, so the 2020 housing study, um, the 2018 housing market study um, that's being updated uh, to identify, you know, what is the um, potential for how many units we need in the next five years, 10 years, um, 
how what should those could those unit looks like what would the market support how do we ensure that that in, in incentivizes folks to um, you know, have conversations with themselves about where the right place is for them to live too, and then have those conversations with us, and then match those two those things together um, as a community in the comprehensive plan. So the universe of of issues to solve, the universe of of uh, solutions to those issues, and then which of that universe are the ones that are right for Northfield, um, and vetting that through the entire public process, much to Rhonda's point. Boy. That does sound like a. I think we'll uh, have process. to come back. <laughs> no, there's, there, there, boy, there is so much involved with that. Uh, I want to get back to a couple of uh, more specific projects and, and talk about what we have coming up in the future. Let's go back to that uh, the, the factory uh, built homes and um, what they are like. You know, if you can give people, do, do, you mentioned there's some flexibility. They can stack things. They can do different things. Uh, is you know, if you're looking at a home like that, do the people get to decide what they want? Are they going to be built like on spec and just have people buy the one that they want? Uh, and what kind of options do they have out there? What what would this neighborhood look like? Uh, that has yet to be determined. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, what's really exciting about the fact that we have both in the state of Minnesota um, manufactured home or factory built home manufacturers um, who build both uh, like Apartment or hotel units down in Oatana, um, Rise Modular, they build uh, modular units that can stack up to make multifamily units. Um, Redwood Falls, uh, up north, there's another factory. So there's places and they build all these different things. And we can work together with uh, the community uh, as a whole and community development facilitated by the elected and appointed officials um, to say, all right, if we can identify, if we agree that the premise that this is a good fit, what does then it look like? How does it meet the needs of the people who are interested in being a part of the neighborhood? And how does it meet the needs of people who are maybe not even imagined yet by, you know, my children or uh, your children um, or, you know, whatever, several generations down the road? So I think that's what's sort of exciting about having conversations with both an organization who understands um, how to develop a cooperative um, and uh, what the needs of factory-built homes could be and working together that makes something that meets our needs as a community. Now, now factory-built homes have been around for a while. Uh, they seem to be growing in popularity, maybe, due to all the uh, factors that we'd mentioned. Um, the As far as the quality, are, have I been around enough? Are we let seeing me the t- quality let me, let me and the safety factor? My house factor? is built in 1926. Uh-huh. Okay. It has no insulation. It has, had not in, it has not had insulation since it was built. In 1926. Woo! Uh, so one thing that I will say is my house costs me a lot to run, and it cost, it's going to cost me a lot to replace. So will these homes. They will cost just as much as they will to replace as my house will if it, if it burns down because it is an incredibly well-built home, and it's totally insulated, totally sealed, and will cost every single person who has one less money So I, because it's more efficient. So I think that's why factory-built products are seen as being more um, maybe more popular to get into building new um, because you have a sealed unit that is instantly more energy efficient than anything built on a, on a site, right? Um, and then uh, there, and that goes beyond just the cost of the original product. So I love these things. I would buy one in a heartbeat. Yes, I'd want it to be cute, but Cute to me is not what's cute to Melissa, too, so there's that. <laughs> but within the uh, designs uh, that they have, you can uh, you can make that unique to your to your own self. Absolutely. I mean, and to what it looks like, you know, that'll be a long 
processed mm-hmm. it, but for basic understanding of how co-op neighborhood would work, mm-hmm. um, the all the and how the development would or could go is everyone would have to, anybody interested in buying into the neighborhood would have to say would commit to being to buying the home and then i think within that there's some there's certainly customization about what their home will look like what it will how it would sit on the site that's what happens in cooperative neighborhoods around the country um when they do uh a project like this when they um when a residents association buys a park for example and turns it in cooperative those residents get to choose whether they're going to be part of it and buy in so same thing here and i shouldn't I, i may have said this before but my parents live in a co-op in New York City. It happens to be, you know, units stacked on top of each other. And say, if you blew apart my parents' cooperative building and put each of the apartments on its own lot, that's a cooperative neighborhood. It's just distributed. Mm-hmm. Lawn care shared, just like in a homeowners association. Snow removal would be um, city uh, streets. That the whole development, just like any other subdivision built by any other home builder, it would be built to city standards, et cetera. So if, if that was to be the case, that's okay. how that would go. What, uh, how, is this going to go through? I mean, where are we at in the process right now? Is it, uh, are there some things that still need to happen for, for this mm-hmm. development to come through? Yeah, um, great question. I'm glad that you asked that. We are currently working on um, a community engagement um, session with the neighborhood then surrounding uh, the proposed development. We're looking um, towards the end of January. I don't have the exact date firmed up yet. I'm still waiting for confirmations. Um, but we expect that to be at the NCRC. Um, we're not only inviting the neighbors, but we're going to invite the community as a whole. Come and take a look at this and see what this is about. And then ask those questions, too, of North Country Foundation. Um, currently, we are in a an MOU where um, we are exclusively working with North Country right now um, to explore those options down at Southbridge. And that expires in April. Um, so really, we're hoping to have a go or no go um, from the HRA as to whether or not we're going to move forward by that point. Uh, once again, uh, we're talking with uh, Melissa Hansen, the housing coordinator here in Northfield, along with the community uh, development director, uh, Jake Riley, and Mayor Pownell is with us as well. And we're talking about housing in Northfield. I want to switch to another uh, project that was referenced earlier, and that is Hillcrest. Uh, that was an interesting project, to say the least. It, I mean, it, it garnered a lot of interest from around uh, the state and probably the nation as well uh, with this process, that uh, the, the number of partnerships uh, that you uh, formed with that to help make that go through. It, it's all built now, and people are, are living in it now. Uh, what uh, Do we have... Uh, a, uh, you know, I guess a final report card on that it won't be quite final for a few decades, I'm sure. But uh, how's it how's it going now? Is it working as planned? I it I'm pretty sure that it is doing really well. But I think you should invite Scott in to talk about it. <laughs> I think that would be a great conversation. Okay, uh, because there has you're right. There has been so much interest in that project, um, not just in the state of Minnesota, but also nationally. I think it's a really great model for how to put together a partnership to do something really unique. And I think one of the tests is, can we scale it? Is it scalable um, from a housing perspective? So could it be less subsidized? Um, 
because because everyone you know should be able to have a an apartment that costs them only you know four or five dollars a month to run right or a house so mm-hmm. and that's for mine too right I want my insulation and all those <laughs> other things improve on my home so it costs me less to run too so I can stay in it longer so I I uh, yeah I think it's a, you got to get Scott in get his and some of those partners in because there's a lot of really cool stuff there well I bet uh, I was just thinking I bet you get a lot of sweaters for Christmas <laughs> with no insulation in the house yeah well we'll just get a sweater. I, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of blankets. Yeah. <laughs> it's cozy. Yeah. Um, let, let, let's talk about the uh, well, the last housing report. Uh, if I'm not mistaken on that, uh, my memory serves. Uh, it said Northfield uh, did not have uh, sufficient supply of housing all the way across the board, up and down, from uh, you know down uh, the affordable housing range to the working class to the upper class. Uh, what about the uh, other houses? Is that something that we're focusing? Are we are we going to focus on that at all, or is it to, uh, is it take does it kind of take care of itself? I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's that's uh, that's a really good question, and that's what we're hoping to have answered by some of the work that's going on concurrently. So the comprehensive plan engagement team is asking folks lots of questions um, about their needs, and that's for needs across the board, whether you're you know, eight or 80, um, whether you're uh, trying to rent something after you graduate from college because you've got a job in town. Um, so that those studies, the housing um, market analysis, forecast associated with demand and absorption, um, what's the rental landscape now? What could the rental landscape look like? And that's across the affordability um, range that you're talking about too. And then the housing solutions teams um, are... Uh, being facilitated by enterprise community partners and folks at HCI through that, um, the uh, uh, Northfield Promise Initiative. Um, so, excuse me, that work uh, will will help us understand what folks who here are here now in Northfield, what their housing needs are now, what they think they will be in the future as well. Um, so we can wrap that up in a in a policy direction that the HRA and the council and the planning commission can work together to prioritize what do we tackle first and what does that look like. What is our occupancy right now for for uh, rental housing? Does anybody know off the top of your head? I believe it's excuse me two point six. Okay, so we've improved a little bit. However. Um, we still need a lot of housing. We're uh, a little short yet of our housing goals. And forgive me, I don't have those exact numbers mm-hmm. in front of me. Reese did share those mm-hmm. um, at our meeting on Monday. Um, but we need housing at all levels. We're packed in here like sardines. We can't roll <laughs> over without rolling on top of somebody. And that's not a a healthy housing market at all. Right. So the rental market being even below, above two is great because it's yeah. been below two for a while, uh, but a healthy re- uh, turnover is closer to uh, six or seven percent. Um, and then for the housing for sale market, and this is true not just here, but in the metro um, and much of the country, um, we're at less than a two or three month supply and you want to have uh, six to Eight months, is that right? Yep, of supply um, for enough housing choice and supply to be generated. So um, that's not just a Northfield problem. It's a kind of an everybody problem. um, And that's why we're focusing on the number of reports that say got to increase supply across the board, across the country. When you you mentioned uh, uh, that we're kind of getting stacked on top of each other, Mm -hmm. density. You know, I was recently, uh, I went to Europe and I I was, uh, 
I don't know if impressed or startled, or but they they have some pretty dense housing, a lot of uh, units, a lot of high rise and such, and uh, uh, is a lot of that has to do with geography and just the way they lie. Are we looking at to to increase the density? We've seen you know some downtown uh, projects, and there are a few more that are on the uh, uh, that potentially uh, could happen. Uh, are we looking to increase the density of the town, uh, where or at least portions of it? So I think that's one of the questions to be answered during the comprehensive planning process. Um, and I think one of the things that, that is unique about Northfield today is that in the 2008 plan, um, the all, all pro- almost all residential units or lots on um, in the city uh, allow up to three units um, just as by right. So... When everyone else is sort of having this anxiety around that densification it, it, up in the cities, uh, Northfield has planned for that uh, going on, uh, you know, 15 years now, right? So um, the question is, what does that look like and where are those people? I think as we talk about downtown and supporting downtown businesses, um, we look at making sure that we've got as many units close to downtown as possible, and then that maybe moves out. Um, but I, I think that's a conversation we're still looking at about whether that would visibly change what looks like here um, in Northfield based on what our policy direction already is, which mm-hmm. is All right. different from other places. And, and uh, Melissa, when did you say that that new housing study is uh, going to get underway? Do do we have any dates yet? Are going to have it sometime in 2024? Or oh, the first oh, yes. Half? yes. Okay. It'll be a part and parcel with our comp plan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll want to get the, all the, we'll get all those other pieces under our belt, all the engagement with all the different organizations, the work with Enterprise and and, um, and Northfield Promise folks, and the work by the consultants, um, including an additional study we didn't mention, which is a study of tax-based mix that we need, um, which is also going to inform that. Um, that's interesting. We'll all fold into mm-hmm. the conference plan. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, boy, that's a use the winter to get people to study stuff. That's you know, <laughs> it's a great place to study in the winter. It is. So. Yeah, it's a good time to do it. Get to get some things mm-hmm. done. Um, boy, we have. I don't want to dominate your time too much. We can have you mm-hmm. back at some point during the process, and probably will concerning the comprehensive plan. But what else do we need to know? Are there any final words? Any other notions that you'd like to pass along to our listeners? I would say just encouraging folks to take advantage of the opportunities really would appreciate it people i think the comprehensive plan survey is still out there Mm -hmm. it's still live uh we've kept it open so just encouraging your friends neighbors you know have you filled out the survey you know that is so helpful to be engaged and part of this really important work uh, that we're moving forward with in the community. And the comprehensive plan is that highest visioning document about how we build out, what we look like, whether or not we build all of a, all apartments in the downtown area or whether or not we have some at, throughout the community. I mean, uh, I think it's really important for people to be involved, and that's just my encouragement. Always is. Please participate in the comprehensive plan open houses when we have the NCRC, uh, the open house or the community meeting with regards to the additional eight, nine acres that's down there uh, that we've been talking about for factory homes with North Country. Um, Please come to that, learn about it and ask lots of questions. And I think that will help us as we move forward. All right. Well, we'll keep our uh, listeners up to date with uh, the dates of those meetings and such, and I'm sure you will as well. Uh, Melissa. 
One more plug. Thank you, yeah. uh, Mayor Ponell. Please, everybody, um, check out the community events calendar. Staff is working really hard to keep that updated, not only with like city official events, but also community-wide events. And so we do anticipate sharing when we're having these engagement sessions on that calendar. And also be sure to sign up for text and email alerts as well. So you're up to date with up the latest date. and greatest from All the city. Right. I'll have to do that. That's one thing I haven't done. Uh, Jake, any final thoughts? Uh, don't just reiterate, you know, uh, we're here to listen, and we want to ha- answer people's questions. Um, so click the Notify Me button on the Comprehensive Plan page or any of the other pages so you can get those updates. Sounds good. Thank you all for coming in. Much appreciated. Uh, we hope you have a, a wonderful Christmas time and a Happy New Year, and I'm sure we'll talk uh, with all of you again in 2024. Right. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. That's Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell with uh, Community Development Director Jake Riley and uh, Melissa Hansen, the Housing Coordinator for the City of Northfield.